All right, here we go. We ready? I guess. <laughs> Welcome to M Vibes Podcast. Pump up good music, good libations, and good vibes. Hey, welcome back to M Vibes Podcast. This is Ernest. That's Javier. Oh, okay. Yeah, we need to work on our timing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is Eric. I already said my name, Amanda. Why are you looking at me? This, I'm Amanda, and I'm Javier. <laughs> Another successful yeah. intro. So, <laughs> so what I was going to say is, uh, welcome back. We're at Tommy's Pub again tonight. And tonight we have Javier, Amanda, and Eric, and she our doesn't intern, have a mic. Kristen. All right. Chris is in charge of making sure the, t- the light doesn't turn. <laughs> make sure one that job light in this turns ship, red. She's going to do it. Make sure that light stays red. All right, uh, so uh, what are we drinking tonight, Javier? I'm actually drinking 1775 Pale Ale uh, by Nota Brewing for the Charlotte Independent Sucker Club. Um, they've been around for a while, the Independent. Uh, we just got a new actual uh, MLS team, the Charlotte FC. Um, yeah, Charlotte one, Independence is USL 1. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I'm drinking. It's I, I like it. I know you didn't like it, but I, I quite enjoy it. It's just... No bells, no whistles, but yeah. British Pale Ale. Yeah. Like I said, it's technically correct Pale Ale. Yes. And so I really can't say anything else about that because I'm drinking the same thing that Javier is, and he pretty much summed it up. So, Eric. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm double-fisted here today. So, uh, of course, we're at Tommy's, so there's Magners in my left hand. In my right hand is a Captain of Coke, so. There you go. There you go. This episode brought to you again by Magners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Irish cider. All right, Kristen, what are you drinking? I'm paying some homage to the girl over there, Amanda. I'm drinking an <laughs> island hopper from Pilot Brewing in a Pilot Brewing glass. Look at Full that brand. Fancy. Ooh, nice. And uh, I'm also doing Nodal Brewing Company. Wham Lager, brewed with lime and salt. It's American Lager brewed with lime and salt to provide hints of citrus zest. And an easy drinking finish. The perfect summer beer for 18 holes, no matter what you shoot. Oh, yeah. Which would be 92. So was that the collaboration they did with George Michael's Ghost? Yes. Who's making a comeback? (laughs) Ditto, kiddo. (laughs) Okay. So, Javier. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I got distracted. <laughs> we are off to a great start. Yeah. And we're a like, we, we haven't even. This is the drag when we started an episode. This is the most sober no, we mean, have. There were seven squirrels that went by. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, did you guys do anything interesting? Uh, um, last any Friday. Shows? Well, yeah. So, since our last podcast, um, last Thursday, I took my daughter to go see. Artist named her. Um, mm-hmm. Never really listened to her. I wasn't expecting much out of the show. I gotta say, it was a solid show. Yeah. That girl's got talent, man. Yeah, soul, right? Yes, yeah. she, she can jam out. Uh, her last two songs are nice. She did a uh, Wendy Kravitz cover, "Are mm-hmm. You Gonna Go My Way?" Yeah, which she kind of lost the audience, but that was all right. I was like, "All right, cool." Well, like they're they're like thing? twelve. They don't know. Who- oh, okay. No, <laughs> it was a very adult show. 
It was. Yeah. So, um, and then she also did uh, Queen, We Will Rock You. Oh, nice. And then, you know, that was just the end of the show. But she reminded me a lot of Prince when she was out there jamming out with her band. She can she can kill it, man. And then uh, the following night, <laughs> I went to the venue right next door and saw the Bronx. Yeah, I hate I missed that show. Bouncing Souls and uh, Frank Turner. Um, man, I was pumped up. I'm, I'm still pumped up from that show. That was, yeah. I love that show. I, I had a blast. I danced all night, man. So cool. That, that was cool. Bought a lot of vinyl and merch at that show. I went broke at that show, so. <laughs> <laughs> which we usually do when we go. To yeah. Shows. I was like, Oh, I want everything. What about you, Amanda? I haven't done a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> I really have like been the most boring person lately. I just like have been, I mean, I've been busy with things like not like mm. social yeah, I just. So, what did you listen to on our way here? On your way here today? Uh, okay, so again, boring. Um, <laughs> the Spice Girls. No. James Taylor, right? So I just I've been listening. To, <laughs> definitely not that. No, uh, I was listening to a podcast called um, "Water Too Wet, Beach Too Sandy." That is this brother and sister that they read negative Yelp reviews and make fun of them. <laughs> it's so great. It, it, like they do like Waffle House reviews and like oh, Michelin fun. star restaurants and like I need to like Is that they, like the they, mean tweets? Yeah. It's kind of like the same concept. But I and they always want people to email them with in, like ideas and I really want to be like, hey, have you ever heard of this app called Untapped? Because <laughs> you should definitely look <laughs> you can find some gems in that. <laughs> Um, so I very much have been like with where am I now's band been pretty boring. Actually, I haven't been to any shows, um, this past week or so. Um, so on my way here, I was actually listening to, um, the Ooh, I like that. Anarchy Arias, which is a British, um, uh, Arias, um, group that cover uh all british punk songs in like a very operatic way mm -hmm. uh with full orchestras and oh shit it is, so they do they cover like obviously the sex pistols yeah. because which is your like favorite people think yeah <laughs> um <laughs> but uh they also cover like the x-ray specs they cover uh the clash they cover oh, it's nice. really 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 interesting i want to check that out yeah um speaking of the clash that's what i was jamming to on my way, way, yeah. way <laughs> what about you ernie Oh, let's see. Uh, I think as I was pulling in the parking lot, uh, Marcus King was on. Really? So, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I was on my Blues Drive playlist. Nice. So is it, isn't he Kirk coming to on that too. Um, Visualite sometime soon or Neighborhood Theater or something like that? Oh, is I he going to be in town? Certainly hope so. Because most of the artists I've looked at, they're all in Europe all summer long. A lot of bands are touring Europe. Yeah. I've noticed that too. Yeah. Now that they can go overseas again yeah. they're taking full advantage of it hey is anyone interested in willie nelson and uh nathaniel ratcliffe I, and the night sweats i would be yeah yes yeah. i'm going to that show it's in august so that should be uh, another outing yeah us. i think anything past august i can kind of start okay. going back right. out and yeah. then i bought tickets to what about tickets to us to go i think you I think we talked about this before. And you Chicago said Chicago and Brian Wilson. Yes, that's it. Hey, uh, yeah. that's Friday night. Friday night. Friday night. You're going, yeah. Amanda. Yeah. You, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're right. going. Yeah, we're going. Go get our dad rock on. I might show up. You should show up. <laughs> Where is it? It's the one in. Is it Concord, a right? Pavilion? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Cool. 
So it's close to Amanda. Yeah. Uh, that's still like that's like twenty minutes from my house. It's like three hours from his. Yeah, forty five yeah. minutes. 45 yeah. minutes. <laughs> it's at least forty five minutes because everything is forty five minutes from my house. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's get into it. What are we doing today? I don't know why I'm asking because I'm the one doing the intro, so I'm just going to answer my damn self. <laughs> this is so, going to be a great episode, man. Yeah. Yelling. Yeah, especially when the alcohol actually kicks in and we can actually be our normal selves. Yeah. Right now, I feel very like a fish out there of water. No, oh, I'm sorry. Me and Ernest had a shot earlier, but that's it. I mean, I'm I think that's why we're just growing up so bad because we're not drunk enough. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Think of that. Like, Line them up. Line them up. <laughs> think of that bank intro in uh, Honeymoon in Vegas where he's trying to sign a check. Have you seen that movie? He's such an alcoholic. This is Nicolas Cage and um, Elizabeth Shue. Never guys never seen that movie. Yes, 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 yes. He can't sign that. He's, yeah. he's got the shake so badly. Yeah. He has to you said leaving Las Vegas? I think it's honey. Oh, yes, leaving Las Vegas. I said, no, yes. I said honeymoon. Yes. But it's leaving Las Vegas. Yes, yes you're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, anyway. So today. We're actually going to talk about covers, but not just any cover song, because, I mean, that would be like a 12-hour episode, probably longer. Uh, We're going to cover songs that most people don't realize are covers. And uh, we try to steer away from obscure songs that only us and our group of friends would know that it's a cover, or you wouldn't even know the original, much less the cover. Uh, We try to stick with uh, much more popular songs. So, you know, if you're actually into music, you're probably going to know this song, but I think the general population wouldn't know that these are covers right or you know would know very little about that so um i guess i'm gonna start and yeah. The, um yeah you guys yeah right that's yeah, yeah that's the order we went in you're up you're up to bat so, you're up so yeah the first song um you know most people are gonna recognize this song um no matter who starts singing it the second it comes on as the title of the song is pretty much literally the opening line right i mean the second it starts um you're gonna recognize what it is um, but most people will likely not know that it's not originally uh, by the artist we think of immediately uh, when this song comes on. Uh, the song was originally recording it recorded in 1967 by Neil Diamond, which is the version we're listening to right now. This is the original version. Uh, this was in his ho- sophomore album, Just For You. Um, this version was done, as you can hear, in a more bulkier sound. Mm-hmm. So we're going to listen to it right now. This we're, was not, actually we're not going to play a song, song. My first concert was oh, really? Neil Diamond. Yeah. I, I mean, I love it. It's so hauntingly beautiful. Like, it's gorgeous. Oh, I just get chills. Yeah. But you kind of hear that reggae, that chink. Very, yeah. Chink, yeah. That or maybe we're, it's more of like a placebo because we know what's coming, yeah. right? We yeah. kind of, we hear it. Uh, and I'll give you an interesting tidbit on that, that, that reggae sound um, yeah. um, that, that the next band covered. Okay, so, but obviously most of us are going to recognize another version uh, of the song by British reggae pop um, band UB40, uh, who released the cover in 1983 on their fourth album, Labor of Love. Labor of Love, because British, they have a U there. (laughs) Um, The most interesting thing about this song to me uh, is that it's not actually based on Neil's Diamond songs. They didn't even know it was a Neil Diamond song. They, I mean, they knew who Neil Diamond was, but it wasn't based on, based on his song. Uh, another artist that covered it in 1969 was a guy named Tony Tribe. Who, he recorded a, a, a reggae version of the song. And um, yeah, UB40 has confirmed that this is the cover version that they 
did. They again did not realize Neil Diamond really? was the okay. original wow, performer. That's really yeah. interesting. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, so obviously you can hear a lot more reggae influence, which is what you were talking about, because you're sorry, I'm touching it would extend my Don't end. touch me. <laughs> um uh, so yeah, so obviously you can hear more of that reggae kind of light, you mm-hmm. know, a, a Caribbean sound. Also, if you you know pay attention, paid attention to the original song that we were playing, this is a lot more lighthearted kind of. And even if you watch the video, you know, it's not as hunting and depressing. I mean, that that Neil Diamond song. I mean, if you just went through a breakup and you're really brokenhearted, that's the song. Yeah. If you just went through a breakup and you're just gonna like drink yourself to oblivion, this is the one you're gonna play, right? Um, so I, this is more, um, and I've listened to the, the Tony Tribe version too, and this is, sounds very close to Tony Tribe's version. Um, so the Neil, um, so this song actually charted uh, in the UK singles chart uh, in August of '83, uh, and number uh, 34 in the US in '84. Um, the one thing that I, when I was doing research for this, I think I did not realize is that UB40 stands for unemployment. Unemployment Benefit Form 40. So I'm going to never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I never really thought about it either, yeah. but that's that's what it stands for. That kind of ties back with, you know, we were talking about the, we did our um, second wave ska. Yeah. Like these guys were probably around the same time period coming up with those kids that were doing that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very blue collar type. Yeah. So this, um, the different, or another difference is that uh, the, um, there's like a little, more of a rapping style version that, that's in this song. Is it something about like, the monkey went broke? You know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that is actually by a former member of UB40. Um, that uh, he recorded that shortly after he left the band, and he's the one who introduced him to Tony Tribe and that uh, and his version of Oh really? Uh, okay. Red, red wine. Yeah. Hey, he's like, hold on, no, this is the real version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this that's that's Atlas, yeah. I believe was his name, or something along those lines, or not his real name, but his stage name. And some versions of the song remove this. I think this was added on later. Uh, yes. Like the original 83 version didn't have this right. part and it was added on later. I've got this on vinyl uh, again from high school days and it's got both versions out of it. So, yeah. I wonder if that was had something to do with like like time limits for radio edits. Oh, uh, could be. Could be. But actually, apparently it became super successful when they added this bit. Ah. Yeah. I love UB40. I mean, I just, I like him in general. I love reggae in general, but yeah, uh, UB40 was definitely one of the first groups that introduced me to reggae. Reggae, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, too, whether you heard Neil Diamond's original or UB40's first is probably a generational thing. Right. Because if there's somebody who's like 20 years older than we are, they would know Neil Diamond before, it could, but this came out and when we were cr- growing up as kids. Right. So I was like probably eight years old when this came out and just listening to like pop radio. Yeah. And that would have been my first introduction to this song. Yeah. I was about the same age. Yeah. And then hearing Neil Diamond at that point in my life, I'm like, oh, this is like old people music. But now I'm like, yeah. Neil Diamond's but, awesome. But, but that's the thing I was going to say about Neil Diamond. I think Neil Diamond for me, because obviously where I'm from and, and, and the age thing, it, I did not learn how to. I mean, I remember it was like a, a almost like a, a joke if you listened to Neil Diamond when I was young. I was like, oh, like mm-hmm. said, but now it's like, oh fuck no, Neil Diamond is the shit. Well, he's the Jewish Elvis, right? Yeah, and that was that was his nickname. Yes, is it really? Yeah. Yes, and you know, he was the uh, the frog frog prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny he put out a 
Christmas album and I was like, hey, he's Jewish. He doesn't even believe in Christmas. Yeah. And they're like, well, he's got to make money for his fans. Yeah, so, yeah you know, get that yeah, cash. Yeah. I mean, but let's face it, he's no Rex Manning. He doesn't have his own day. <laughs> <laughs> we should start Neil Diamond Day. Yeah. I saw Neil Diamond in concert. It has probably been 15, 20 years ago. It was at not the old Coliseum, but the middle-aged Coliseum. I was there. Did did you see the punk rock head sitting like mid crowd yes. with the spikes? I was like, uh-huh. yes, he's rough. And there was still old, like little old ladies down in the yes. front throwing panties on the stage. Yes. I'm like, yes, Neil, get it, yep. get them granny panties, gilfs, <laughs> gilf. Yep, yep. <laughs> that was funny. That was a, actually a not bad show. He he opened with uh, coming to America, and he closed with coming to America. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> which is one of my childhood favorite songs oh for sure all right so that was my pick and again love that a song that i absolutely love so who's next i am so in uh 1964 uh gloria jones recorded a song called tainted love oh yeah it's the original version um uh composed by ed gobb formerly of the four preps uh it was actually the b-side to a single called my my baby boy is coming home um it was re-released in 1976 by her then boyfriend uh mark bolan of t-rex oh nice how do you know that i did not know um, that you just yes. ruined my cliff Clavin moment <laughs> <laughs> but he uh he had he he liked it so much that he made uh, uh like a not a remix version but like an updated version of okay. it um i didn't know till like a few years ago that this was the original version uh um, oh, really yes and i was like whoa but wait a minute it's just a cover and then you know i I dug into it because that's what I do. And I was like, oh, okay, this is the original version. And then in uh, 1981, Soft Cell did their version of Tainted Love, a Sith pop duo out of England, Mark Allman and David Ball. I love the sound. Like, it's just, you know, it's coming. This, this will always get bum, the people bum. to the dance floor. Yeah, always, yes. I bet they'll be playing this upcoming at Reflections here at Tommy's Pub. Are we coming to that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also love the Marilyn Manson cover of this song. I used to. Yeah. Well, you know, but he's a garbage person, so. So, I mean, I know that that, that's always going to be like a hard thing, right? Kind of like political donations at the same time. Yeah, yeah. That's like, fuck, I don't want to support this, but I fucking love it. What did he do? Wait, are you serious? Ooh. I missed something. There's missed a, a lot, lot to unpack there. We'll have to. We'll <laughs> okay, that's, that's, yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll take that's it. A, that's a, a, yeah, yeah, that's right, more right. of a therapy session. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, uh, uh, my, I'll yell at you, you later. for it later. <laughs> the, um, so when they were get, when they re- recorded this version, it was just going to be like a, a, a trash version just to record something to get yeah. their sound down. And then later on, they realized it was so good. So they're. Uh, producer said they have to use um, a, a bass chord style bass. This is the same bass that was used for B-52's Rock Lobster song. No shit. Yes. Okay, now i got to dig into it when we're not yes, talking because yes. I'm not going to pick it up right now, but I'm going to play them side by side now. Yeah. That, that same bass line, like... 
you can't hear it good in our headphones. Right. But the bass line is the same one for Rod last this, year. I don't know why this reminded me of this, but my ex-wife, Rebecca, and I, one time I got into an argument over the fact that uh, Muse's, uh, whatever the song is called, Will Be Victorious, is just a fucking ripoff of Blondie's Call Me. Have you ever heard yeah, those? Yeah, yeah. It literally is the same fucking song. Uh, do you remember seeing the movie Coneheads back? Oh my god, I love Coneheads. This was used in that movie. Yes, it was. Remember when yeah. they were fighting the, yeah. the the monster and he started? Oh, that came out of uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd and, and Jane Curtin. Jane Curtin. Jane Curtin. Yeah. And uh, Chris Chris Farley. Oh, there were a lot of people. We're living yeah, in the there, band there, there down by the river. Uh, Phil yeah. Hartman was was in it. Um, yeah, there were a lot of SNL people there. Well, yeah, the this the skit like the the skit was uh, the movie was based on, on a Saturday skit. Night Live yeah. skit. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's why I said a lot of the SNL people were in the movie too. Mm-hmm. But like '90s SNL films were all pretty good, though, man. I, I would say so. I mean, not all of them, but you know, some of them made it pretty, pretty like Wayne's World. I Wayne's mean, that World's was based great. on a fucking yes. skit. Swing, so, yeah. <laughs> I love that song. But I don't know much about Soft Cell other than this, to be honest. No, with they me. didn't do much else after this. Um, that was, I mean, that was their huge hit. I think they put out one hit wonder. You know no, what? No, they no. could be one hit wonder because I know a follow up song, but we'll yeah. we'll save that for later yeah, date. Okay. Yeah, I think that's all I got on. Uh, and they were probably like a lot Soft bigger Solo. in the UK than they were in the United States. They probably were selling yes. millions of records yeah. there, and like it did a major and one minor hit it here. Hit number one in, in England, Sweden. and it hit like number 20 well, years yeah, so, there, yeah. there's a lot of things where i like like hannah um who, who, who's mm-hmm. british she'd she'll be like oh do you know this band i was like oh yeah i know the one song that made it big or she's like what do you mean the one song that made they're huge i was like well not here yeah maybe over there but not yeah, here it's it's weird. like david hasselhoff is huge overseas yeah. <laughs> and over here we're like he's the guy that did night rider that's all <laughs> yeah. yeah he's he's like huge in germany yeah. like big country. big country they only have one hit single in the united states but they're like almost as big as like you two but they're so good in europe they're so great so i think i'm next with uh because the night um we're getting, on, the, getting that cute up for you so i chose to go with the patty smith official recording as my is my OG track on this one. Even though it was originally first written by Bruce Springsteen, he he originally recorded it for his Darkness on the Edge of Town sessions, but he could never get the, the lyrics completed. So, Jimmy Ivan, who was producing that record along with Patti Smith's Easter, kind of like took that song over to Patti Smith and Bruce Springsteen was like, well, if she can finish the lyrics and figure out what to do with this, it's hers. She deserves it. So she did finish it. So it was kind of like a collaboration without being a collaboration. But hers was the first one that was re- not recorded, but recorded and released. Right. And then um, Bruce Springsteen went back to re- release it on a couple like live albums and yeah. some like uh, re-recorded stuff. But he always gave her the songwriting credit on it. So... Um, but then probably the most popular cover I don't know, for, for our generation is the 10,000 Maniacs yes. version. And that was probably the first time I heard it. And I, I listened to Bruce Springsteen before I heard this. And it was a Bruce Springsteen fan, but I didn't know that he had written it and wasn't really that aware of Patti Smith as a kid. Um, 
10,000 Maniacs, uh, to me, is one of the most underrated bands. Yes. Like criminally underrated bands in the United States. Absolutely agree with that. Yeah. So this was from the MTV Unplugged. Um, and I don't think that they had recorded it on a studio album prior to this. They were just doing it as part of that project. Right. And then that got released as an album after it had aired on MTV. You know, thinking of MTV Unplugged, we could have done pretty much all of uh, Nirvana's Unplug. I mean, pretty much 90% of that Unplug was covers. Yeah. Well, The Man Who Sold the World, that was a. Man, was I mean, so they played good. Penny Royalty, that was theirs. Rate me, and me, I think one more. Puppets, and they, was, me, puppets was, was on that one, too, wasn't it? The Meat. Um, the Meat Puppets. Uh, no, that was a Plateau. No, uh, not Plateau. Leg of Fire. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah. A lot of those MTV Unplugged sessions were just. I know. Fire. Mm-hmm. Fire. I missed that MTV. The yes. pre-real yes. world MTV. I want my MTV. Did you guys ever see the Portlandia episode where the, he gets uh, Kurt Loder and was it Tabitha Soren and all the old uh, MTV news guys to go uh, 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 to start a rebellion to get MTV back to the way it should be? <laughs> yeah. And uh, we want, I want my MTV back was their slogan. And then mm-hmm. ends up like the CEO of MTV now is like a 10-year-old kid. And she schools them on music, and it's it was funny. It's really oh, funny. But still, though, all that's on there now is ridiculousness. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, since I mentioned it, I've always been in love with Tabitha Soren. Yeah. If you listen to Sirius XM 80s on 8, she's on there. Yeah, she is. All the VJs mm-hmm. from MTV yeah, are yeah, on that channel. See her, which is the yeah, important true, thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so they re-recorded this in 2016. With Mary Ramsey, who replaced Natalie Merchant, and I, I'm just assuming that Natalie Merchant had left because she had a she was pursuing a solo career, and we're all Tiger Lily that record. She yeah. has some huge hits on there. Um, but Mary Ramsey had played violin with. <laughs> you're saying no? All right, I'll drink it. Um, <laughs> sorry, intern. The, the intern just intern brought incoming shot. with shots. Um, but she had played violin with 10,000 Maniacs before stepping up to be the lead singer. She also played uh, violin with Billy Bragg, Ian DeFranco, Goo Goo Dolls. So she was, she's kind of like the shit. And if you listen to her vocals, she sounds almost identical to Natalie Merchant. Yeah. It was such a seamless transition for her. Um, which again, it just to me is so criminal that they didn't go any further than they did because they had one of those transitions. But and I get it, a lot of bands when they switch a member, they bring a whole new style mm-hmm. and new. Um, Ten Thousand Maniacs didn't have to do that, and and she transitioned flawlessly. But still, like, yeah, man. But that version is beautiful. Yeah. It's absolutely flawless. Just, I love her voice. I, I love how that band sounds, and that was li- and I think the version that came out on radio was also the live version too. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had just released the whole, the whole set on right, yeah. as an album. So whenever I was researching this song, I also found out I didn't know this that Garbage released a version of it with screaming females, and I was like, mind blown. Did you hear it? I haven't. I didn't even um, know that existed. We'll, we'll definitely put it on the okay. the the big playlist for later. And then there's another band called Coro. It's like C O dot R O dot that. I've never heard of, no. but they did an electronic like dance version of it with a sample of um, Master and Servant from Depeche Mode, Ooh, and that nice. was really good. Nice. So we'll we'll link up both of those too whenever we we after, 
post episode. You know, you know, this is such an such an episode because we only really when we do these type of like uh, episodes, right, where we we talk just about a couple of mm-hmm. a very specific thing. We only pick two songs each, and there's so it, much other shit, right? right yeah. To keep it within an hour, and this one probably of all the similar episodes we've done to me was the hardest because yes. I mean we could have done anything by Johnny Cash on that on the American sessions, right? right? You could have done like I said, the All of the Rana was all mm-hmm. pretty much covers. I mean, there's entire albums dedicated Garage to Inc. covers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's her name? Cat uh, Cat Power did yeah. a whole fucking album of covers. Jukebox. Oh Jesus! And yeah. those all those covers she did were oh my god, yeah, haunting. Uh, beauty. Yeah, oh yeah. My uh, god. She did a uh, 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 James Brown's. Um, Motherfucker. She did uh James Brown's motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that sounds like a James Brown song. son. She did uh can't get no satisfaction yes, on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That so this awesome. to me was probably the hardest episode to I mean, I think I, I ultimately I, I knew why I picked the ones that I picked, yeah. but I wish I could have gone deeper in, in the, that. You mean it's just hard for you to narrow down it was, what you uh, want to do. Damn yeah. it, what do I pick? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> well, you have you heard um so Matthew Sweet and Susanna Hoffs did two entire albums of just cover songs of just stuff they wanted to do for fun. Yeah. Man, those are great because you can just tell they weren't taking it seriously. It's just like, hey, let's just pick this song and this right. random song and we're just going to play it and release it and not give a shit. Now, I know you don't like me first in the Jimmy no, Gimmies, no, no. I, but I do. I do like them. I, I just think wish they would arrange the music differently rather than to right. just speed it up. Yeah, because it just sounds really like all, the same. Like it's the it same is, song. It like for example, but great punk covers. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut yeah, you off. But great right. punk covers to me that switch the arrangement switch, completely yeah. would be like Goldfinger's uh, 99 Red Balloons right, or yeah. uh, Alien Ant Farm's uh, Smooth Criminal. Right, like, yeah. That to so, me is like, yeah, that's what a cover I mean, should be. They did a ska version of NXS's, um uh, fuck. Never tear us apart. Yes. Who Goldfinger did? No. Oh, me first and they give me yes. Oh, oh. And then uh, they did the Dixie Chicks Goodbye yeah. Earl. That was awesome. And they also did. I mean, they've done. They've co- that's they've the, done that's their stick. They, but, they they only do covers, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole they, premise. I, I love their version of Paula Abdul's. Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> they do cover some weird that's, shit. And though. it's like a metal version, really. It's not really punk. It's I love that version. One of my favorites. Oh. Be, oh, go ahead. I was going to say you should get into some of these uh, bluegrass. There's a yes. spirit bluegrass oh, that covers. Whole, yeah, yeah, that's like, well, Hazy Dixie. Yeah. There's a lot of bands that are that do bluegrass versions. I think Left Ear for Salmon has done a few. Yeah. First time I, I mean, heard I some of them, I was like, I was like, oh, that's pretty damn good. If you Why go not? to Carolyn Metallica and covers. walk around uh, Copperhead Strike, they played nothing but bluegrass covers of songs. Oh, cool. Around the, around the ride, so you hear a lot of cool stuff. One of the, my favorite concept albums that sort of divides by zero when it comes by uh, to covering songs is the Los Straight Jackets, uh, yes. Rock in Espanol Volume 1. Mm-hmm. They do all covers of Spanish songs that are covers of Americans' songs. I've heard that. It's, yeah. It's really Is cool. It, wasn't Big Sandy. Big Sandy from Big Sandy and Fly yeah, Right Boys. Yeah, he yeah. was on that too. Yes. He produced it or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, But they go like, like uh, Hang On Sloopy. So, the the you know, there's a Mexican uh, band covered it in the in the 60s and 70s, and then the Straight Jackets covered it again, but in Spanish. So it's really fucking cool. I like to hear that, A too. cover of a cover of a cover. It's, it's, I've got a luchador mask that I won from one of their shows. I love them live, man. <laughs> it doesn't fit me. I try and wear it from time to time. And Caddy's like, take that shit off your head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? It's me We're back again, to Eric right? again. Yeah. Oh, back to Eric. Mm. So we're going to go back to a classic. 
that people from this time probably knew it, it was a cover, but as time went on and, you know, rock and roll got better and people got older, it kind of faded away. So everyone knows that the uh, original version of uh, All Along the Watchtower was recorded by Bob Dylan. Uh, in 1967, uh, it was on the album John Wesley Harding. Uh, Bob recorded this, but never played it live until like some shows later on in his career. Um, he really didn't care for it too much. But me personally, I love Bob Bob Dylan. Oh, I love Bob Dylan. I've got to be in the mood for some Bob Dylan. But when I get in the mood for some Bob Dylan, it's Bob Dylan for a while. I get in that. Yeah, when it hits, it hits. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, oh, man, uh, yeah. like hurricane. Oh man, T- tangled up in blue is like one of yes. my breakup yeah. songs from like yeah. this redhead uh-huh. that I was dating one many years ago, and that's that's kind of like our breakup song. Yeah, yeah. But then, what what's funny is that Jimi Hendrix recorded this same song six months later. He heard him play it live. He never heard it on an album. He heard him play it live, and he went. Immediately into the studio and made his own version of this song. Jimmy and, is God. And that version went to number one, uh, was a top 20 single and ranked 48th uh, songs of the top 500 songs of all time. Jimi Hendrix to me is God. Yes. All right, we're taking a shot to this yeah, one. Right yeah. here. I thought you were doing that. I wasn't, but uh, Kristen was just going to waste it. To Jimmy. May your guitars rage in flames forever. Ooh, what was that? Yeah. That went down an, like butter. I had an empty bottle to good. bring back to you, so you have to be here next week. Um, <laughs> lots of facts about Hendrix. Uh, he learned to play a right-handed guitar, left-handed and upside down. Uh, he opened up Woodstock with uh, the Star Spangled Banner, which is oh my god, uh, yeah. you, gives you chills. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. Every time I'm driving with my kids and Hendrix comes on, I say, "Hey, who is this?" My oldest always goes, "Dad, it's Jimi Hendrix." <laughs> my daughter had a huge um, pad because she since once we moved, we we they didn't make it, but she had a huge uh, Hendrix poster on her. On her wall, like it covered half her wall. I, I love yeah. this version. Actually, did better than the Bob Dylan version. It's I love Dylan, but this is a much better version. Yes, it is. Well, it's it's I, got I a lot like, more soul to it, if you ask me. Yeah, I feel like that a lot of about a lot of Dylan songs that the people who covered them did mm. a better because he wasn't like the greatest singer. He, he was, was a poet. A, yeah, he's a yeah, poet, yeah, yeah. and he was a great songwriter, but he didn't have the same electricity as like Jimi Hendrix. Well, a lot of Bob Dylan reminds me of some Bruce Springsteen stuff, and a lot of Bruce Springsteen stuff reminds well, me of talk- Bob Dylan. Yeah, we've talked about my theory, right? Yeah, yeah. That Bob Dylan, well, that Bruce Springsteen is turning into Bob Dylan, and Eddie Vedder is turning into Bruce Springsteen. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is. Uh, I've got a. I was in a. Uh, I was working years ago someplace up in Greensboro, and it was a. Uh, old sports warehouse that made sporting stuff and they had a bunch of screen printing stuff on the like a stack of stuff and i was going through it i'm like oh my god that's a screen print like it's in wood of Jimi hendrix and i'm like that'd be cool to hang up in my house so i asked him i said hey 
can I have this? They're like, oh, that's some old soccer player. We don't know who that is. I'm like, what? yeah, you guys have no idea who this is. <laughs> I'm taking it home. Some <laughs> this old needs to be in my player? house. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so like Pele. So I'm like, all right. I'm just thinking the same thing. Oh, they think that's Pele. Yeah. I was like, no. There I go now. This is Jimi Hendrix, guys. No, he don't look like And then if you look look really close at it, there's another screen print at the bottom. You got to look really close. And it's Bad Brains. Oh, wow. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. So I brought it home. And my wife's like, you're not hanging out on the wall. I said, shut up. (laughs) It's there now. So, yeah, yeah. Do you guys remember the Pepsi commercial about Jimi Hendrix? No. Um, it's a Pepsi commercial. I can't. I don't know if it's from the 90s or the 2000s, but it's this little boy who's staring up at this uh, wall of instruments, and I think he's like primarily like staring at the accordion or something. And then all of a sudden, he just catches a glimpse of the guitar, and then he walks away and he walks out with the. I, I mean, I'm oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yes, yes, Jimmy yes, Hendrix yes. or whatever, and then yes, and then, and, then Michael, Pepsi. and then Michael Jackson's hair catches on fire. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, is that a different commercial? Probably. That's still oh, okay. Pepsi, yeah, yeah. That, actually, there was a, there was a series. There was a series of them. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I only remember the the, the Jimi Hendrix one, but there was I a series of them. Remember when Michael Jackson's hair caught on fire? Okay, yeah. thank you. Yes, yes. yes, yes. So it was uh, James uh, from Metallica. His whole fucking uh, side of his he, face got burnt he off. He almost died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his skin was boiling, yes. How fucked up we all are laughing at that. That's fucked up, yeah. The dude from Metallica's face caught on fire. And then the fact that you pointed out makes us laugh even harder. <laughs> oh, you, you got the fire. You requested yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so my next song, <laughs> moving right along, is uh, When You Were Mine. Originally recorded by Prince, written by Prince. For his uh, 1980 release, Dirty Mind. Mm. But it actually came out as a B-side to um, Controversy in 81. Isn't it weird that like these, these hits were B-sides? Like these covers were B sides and they the, did yeah. better than the than A side. I mean, I know this. I didn't, I didn't know the the A side to this until I researched this, but I knew this one. But maybe because it was Cindy Lauper, which we're getting to in a second. Sorry, jump ahead. Um, <laughs> so this is like pre Purple Rain Prince. This is something those of us who grew up in that time period may not have heard until later on. And uh, oh. Oh, oh, Cliff, Cliff Clavin fact incoming. There we go. Here we go. Prince incoming said mail. that he was inspired to write this song while listening to John Lennon. And I got my Beatles reference in. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> hey, when I sent you that picture of the Funko Pop from Heroes Cut. Oh, I didn't tell you. I went to Heroes Cut. You did um, tell me. I didn't talk about it on the podcast. Sorry. No, you didn't. I was asking if you wanted it, but I didn't ask you if you wanted it. So I'm sorry. I should have bought it. I, I thought you photos. were just sending me a picture like, no, ooh, la, I was, was going to ask you if you wanted it, and I forgot to ask you if you wanted it, so, oh, well. Anyways, moving on, sorry. So, this Oral. is the OG. The cover that I'm most familiar with is, is the Cindy Lauper version, yep. uh, which is so good, and I didn't, it was years before I knew that that was a Prince song. Well, but that's a lot... Uh, Prince has a lot of hits by other artists that, you know, oh, yeah. I almost picked nothing compares to mm-hmm. you, but I was like, yes. eh, but most people know that that's a cover. So this was on the She's So Unusual album, which was 
Cindy's debut solo artist. She was, a, she was in a band before that called Blue Angels that didn't really go anywhere. Um, but this record had like six like hit singles. She was on in the top five with four songs at the same time on the Billboard Hot 100. First female artist to ever do that. Wasn't there also girls says to want to have fun and cover? What? Yes, it was. Was it, <laughs> was it really? Yes, it was. I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. But who? Uh, I'll have to look it up. It was like a um, English pop version, though. Yeah, it was like a. I had no 50 idea. Song. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, this look, is I'm one, looking it up right now. This is one of my favorite records ever. I mean, I just, I was more Cindy, less Madonna. I mean, I'm not downplaying the importance of Madonna I at that time period, but. WrestleMania with uh, Wendy Richter. And hanging out with Captain Lou. Yep. Yep. Captain and Lou he was in there. the Girls Just Want to Have Fun video. He was, yeah. yeah he was a dad. Yeah. Yep. Rest in peace, Captain Lou. And I mean, the controversy. Rubber Band Man, the original Rubber Band the, Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she would show up at, on like a lot of the, on WWE and stuff like yep. as a, like on the sidelines and. Robert um, Hazard? Hazard? Yeah. Is the person who. Originally, originally recorded Sorry. Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Oh. Yeah. Never even heard that name before. I haven't either. So I guess he did it, like, what, 79? 79, yeah. Is that new Girls Just Want to Have Fun? I think he was fun? a soccer player. I knew it was written by a dude. <laughs> I, yeah, I knew that. I knew that little tidbit. But I didn't know, yeah. like, any that of the details about it. he actually released it or anything. Yeah. Thank you, Wikipedia. That was my Cliff Clavin moment. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought you were the norm. You know what I am, <laughs> and uh, Ernest is. Uh, Wait a minute! No, I think Ernest might be the norm because we never see his Vera. Oh, uh, be no. Okay, okay. We met Vera once for like a brief Just second, once, and she ran up the stairs like. <laughs> <laughs> and there are people in my house. I want nothing to she's do like, with us. She's like, "Hey, bye. <laughs> I'm gone. Fuck you guys. I'm going upstairs." Okay, so we were talking about all the songs that Prince has written for other people. Um, so we'll just throw that out there. Um, Manic Monday by the Bengals. Yep. Oh, yeah. And you really? already mentioned. Wait, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah Shit. So, well, there we go. Yeah. Um, nothing compared to nothing you. Nothing compared to you. Stand yep. Back by Stevie Nicks. I didn't okay. know that. I Feel For You by Shaka Khan. Yep. Shaka Khan. Didn't Shaka know Khan. that either. And uh, Sugar Walls by Sheena Easton, which I think that's. A little bit yeah. more common knowledge because they were an item and she was on a lot of his recordings. And, and Sheena Easton's music, you can see his actual musical influences on yeah. her with some of the other artists it's, that we it's mentioned. It's almost like a female version of him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so in, I, I did see that um, in 2019, his estate released <laughs> an originals where it was... Um, a whole album of all the songs that like his um, demos of these songs that other artists had recorded and it was only like subscription service I think like on Tidal and like Warner Brothers you had to have like sign into their account so you can't find it on YouTube or Spotify or anything like that you might be able to now sorry was that on mic (laughs) keeping it classy I did see Cindy Lauper live. It's one of the best concerts I've, I've ever, ever, ever been to. 
She came through before COVID with Rod Stewart. I wish I would, would have gone. I, didn't, I, I probably I didn't go to that one. would have left after she played. I don't, I don't care for Rod Stewart too much, but. Uh, I'm some, on the fence with Rod Stewart. There's yeah. some, I get some it. Rod Stewart yeah. I like. And, I, I, would, I would like to say that I've seen him. I mean, I've seen a yeah. million, billion concerts. I've never seen Rod Stewart. I, so. uh, I, I'm on, I'm, I like him, yeah, but not I'm, enough to care. I mean, there, I there was some of his early price for our, some of his early Stewart tracks, concert. man. I thought were early stuff and the work yeah. Yeah. with faces. They were more rollish. Yeah, they like, were more well, like upbeat. And, Young Turks. Yeah. He did like a whole. Motown album, which was all covers. Whoa, there we go, oh. guys. Yeah, and that was pretty well. And the, pretty killer. The, the the track he did with Jeff Beck, the People Get Ready, yeah. it, which yeah. is another great cover. Yeah, there we go. I mean, there's a billion covers out there. You can't just cover a six of them. Well, we can because no. that's all the time we have. I know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so now we will be. Uh, Heading on back over to Javier for the uh, hitting it. Shouldn't I be showing like more than her wig? What? (laughs) I'm sure you've seen enough of her. I don't know. They're a little cartoonishly big. We haven't even discussed. Um, anyway, I mean, so, I think we, I people think, already know who I, we're going to yeah, talk about. I think we, we, you know, we say the mother of all covers, in my opinion. I mean, this is like the one of the largest hits ever, right? Like everybody, my mom who doesn't speak English knows this song. She has a great of set of lungs, <laughs> and she has really, really big earrings. Yes, and really, really big flotation hair. devices. Yes. Her islands in the stream will, <laughs> will rescue okay, that you. That one was worth it. That one was worth it. That one was uh, worth it. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. Uh, good mm. job. Good said. job on that one. Good Thank job you. on that Thank one. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so just like the first pick that I made, um, because of the cover version, not necessarily the original version, um, yeah, most people are going to recognize this pretty much from the opening line, uh, regardless of who sings it, right? The original uh, country version was by none other than Dolly Parton, right? Who's Fucking, being inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? She should be. Yeah. She should be canonized as a saint. Yes, so she should be. I had to take my glasses off because yeah. I'm about to tear up right now, y'all. Saint Dolly. Saint Dolly, exactly. Yeah. I have a Dolly Parton saint candle. I mean, you really? And when you say they're gonna make a bust of her, they're gonna make a bubble of bust of her. Like it's gonna be all bust. <laughs> You know, you know, she, and you know? I recently saw a video of her like just coming into a restaurant. And, Hi, everybody. You know, she has her own entourage, and people are like, <laughs> she has her own. Yeah, just keep park. on eating. Yeah. So, so Dolly, if you ever want to be a special guest, yes. Oh my God, that, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, do you know? Do you know the story about behind the song? Uh, yes. So this was her farewell uh, song to her longtime producer. Can't remember the gentleman's name. Right, the second Porter Wagner. Porter Wagner. Yeah. She was on his show. Yeah, and then yes, yeah, exactly. So that's how she started. It was kind of like a a, a variety uh, mm-hmm. a night show. And he's the one that gave her her start. Yeah, and this is and she she oh, always gives him credit. Excellent artist in his own right. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, this was sort of her her goodbye. The thank you, I love you, but I got to do my own thing now, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> so um, again, you know, the original version was in more in a country vein. Um, this was released in 1973. The song hit uh, number one on the charts twice, actually, which is kind of cool. Um, once in 74, then again in 1982, when it was used for the soundtrack of uh, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. 
So that's kind of a brief story on the original song. Got that soundtrack on vinyl. Do you now? Mm-hmm. Ah, I wish no, I had that. Jealous. Jealous. Mm-hmm. That was a great movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And before we move on to the cover, which is what the entire world knows, this to me, in my opinion, and I worship Whitney, is a better version. I, I think it's so hunting. It's kind of like the Neil Diamond version. It's just, it, it really is heartfelt in a more almost disturbing way. I, don't know, I remember when I was in, 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 in Houston, um, my roommate went to film school and I was doing computer animation and graphic design and we did a movie and it was a very disturbing sort of love movie. And this is the song we wanted to use to represent kind of how disturbed the woman in that movie was okay. uh, and how attached and obsessed she was with, with her husband. Um, so to me, that's a very haunting, almost like obsessive love song. Um, but what we really know this song for is uh, Whitney Houston's uh, 1992 version. Uh, to me, Whitney has one of the most beautiful voices ever caught on fucking tape, right? Or ever recorded on tape. Um, I love Whitney Houston. Well, uh, she had eight octaves, right? Yes. Uh, like her and Mariah Carey both eight octaves. Yeah, hit, hit them. Yeah. Um, you know, this was actually uh, recorded for uh, The Bodyguard, which is a movie that. Uh, uh, not only uh, that she did the soundtrack for, but she also starred in. And this song completely eclipsed, eclipsed Dolly's uh, version to the point where nobody really... Not With whole Kevin Costner. Yeah. 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 Kevin Costner. Which actually, there's an interesting little tidbit coming up about how he came into play and the and the important role he had in them recording this song for the movie. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this uh, Whitney's Houston, uh, and, and, you know, I'd say justifiably so, uh, completely eclipsed um, Dolly's version. I mean, yes. just... the. the it's the a completely pipes on this woman different version. Uh, yeah, yes, the yeah. pipes on this woman are ethereal, in my opinion. Um, so Whitney's version again, instead of country, is more of a soul ballad sound, right? And to me, has captures one of the best a cappella vocals I've ever heard. Um, which again, it just goes to my fascination with her. Um, Whitney's version did hit number one and stay there for 14 weeks when it was released. Now, uh, to what I was mentioning earlier. Um, Originally, she was not supposed to sing this song for the soundtrack. It was supposed to be a different song. Uh, it was 1966. Uh, it was a Motown ballad uh, called "What What Becomes of the Broken Hearted" by Jimmy Ruffin, right? Uh, yeah. But then they found out that that movie was used for uh, in Gre- Fried Green Tomatoes, uh, so they didn't want to use it. So another had, great film. Well, another great film. Yes. So they were like, "Oh shit, we can't use that." Kathy Bates and Winona Ryder. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they had to scramble for another song. And here's kind of like the weird thing, because I didn't even notice the parallels on this until I kind of read this tidbit later on. But it was actually, um, oh, you guys love me, even though I yell at you when I get drunk. Uh. Uh, sounds like uh, an ex on. of mine, but hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> get you a sip. We need a drink though. after that one. <laughs> I have to compose myself. Get all choked up. Yeah, it's hot in here. <laughs> um, now so, it's just me. Yeah. Why's your face all red? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, again, he, she was not supposed to perform this song, um, but it was actually Kevin Costner who offered um, the song "I Will Always Love You." But again, what I was saying 
which is a weird parallel with the first song that I picked, the off the the, uh, the version that Kevin Costner offered wasn't Dolly Parton's uh, Parton's uh, version. It was actually Linda Ronstadt's version, who also covered it. So he actually, I mean, he did know. I didn't know she covered that. I yeah. didn't know that either. Yeah, so this is the- And part, I love is, Linda Rodstead. This, yeah, I also, know. I think Dolly Part- Partner might partner. be my- <laughs> Dolly Partner might be my porn name. <laughs> Dolly Multiple Partner. <laughs> Dolly, uh, middle name, multiple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so actually, yeah. Well, he did know that the, uh, the Linda Ronstadt uh, version existed or the, the Dolly Parton um, uh, version existed. He offered up the, the Linda version, and that's ultimately what ended up in the in the soundtrack. So she's not trying to cover Dolly. She's trying to cover Linda. So this song just got everybody like all over the place. <laughs> Right? This is a great choice. Yeah, it is. It is. One of the best fucking songs ever. I don't care how much it annoys you. It's amazing. When I was a mobile DJ back in the 90s, this was a must play for any gig I did. Yeah. It was played every night. It was like that Aerosmith uh, wedding song. Yes. Yeah. Don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Weddings, funerals, bat mitzvahs. I usually play. I usually play this after I watch Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you gonna sing this to your <laughs> your song? I was going to <laughs> this, is my, this is my blister in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and the alcohol kicks in, and this there is actually us <laughs> turning Japanese. I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. There's been a great cover of that too. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's it. That's kind of what I had for uh, that song. So uh, should which, we uh, run down some uh, yeah, honorable, honorable mentions? mentions. Yes. Because we like, we were joking about a four-hour episode. This really could it have could been. Be, absolutely. So I Love Rock and Roll, Joan Jett. Yep. Cover. The Crimson and Clover, Joan Jett. Yep. Um, which I Love Rock and Roll was Ooh. The Arrows. Crimson and Clover was Tommy James' Tommy. Chandel. Yep. Yep. Oh, also, I think we're alone now. Tommy James' Chandel's yeah, mm-hmm. covered right. by Tiffany. Yep. I, that, just, that one just popped in my head. Uh, it's My Life, mm-hmm. originally by Talk Talk, um, covered by... Your, your favorite. No Doubt. <laughs> Oi to the World, covered by No Doubt. Yeah, originally by the Vandals. The Vandals. Uh, Vandals yeah. uh, Johnny Cash, uh, pretty much all of his American sessions with Rick Rubin uh, album. Her- yeah. Uh, heard the Pesh Mode, Personal Jesus, mm-hmm. um, the entire uh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh yeah, Running yeah. Down, which was they, also produced by Rick Rubin. Dude, they covered yeah. Cypress Hill. They yes. covered uh, 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 African Bombada. Everything. But, on that. Uh, yeah. uh, also, Minor Threat. Yeah, I mean, they cover everything. And Tom Morello on the road a lot recently with our boy Bruce. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. because oh. little Steven's busy yeah. doing something. And they else, covered. So. Um, um, Tom Ballad of Tom Jode. Yeah. Oh my uh, God, that version kicks major ass. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, I love that version. And more, more of the Boss, Blinded by the Light, yeah. Everman. Uh, he sold that to them. Did See, he? But he recorded it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wrote it and recorded Speaking, it. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no I'm done. Speaking <laughs> of the we Boss, Cheech Marin, born in East LA, it's definitely a <laughs> <the> cover. <laughs> Hey man, what's in this thing? <laughs> Labrador, a, man. You're smoking Labrador. Going on the on the hair metal side a little bit. Uh, smoking in the boys' room was uh, covered. Yeah, oh, yeah. Once bitten, twice shy by Great White. That yep. was a cover. 
Um, Who did uh, that originally? I don't. Um, I couldn't tell you. I just know. It's, a, it's, it's, it's like, more of a soul blues cover. So smoking in the boys' room originally was Brownsville Station. Yes, I'm from Brownsville, Texas, by the way. Huh? Uh, didn't Poison do a Elvis cover of every? Um, Every rose has its thorn. Yeah. Was that was that written by Elvis Presley? I I, I, uh, <laughs> I doubt it was written by California Elvis. Girls by David Lee Roth. Yeah. Also, um, just a gigolo. David yeah, Lee just Roth. a Oh my God, the original is so uh, much cooler. Uh, you know what? I'm Louis sorry. Prima. Yeah, I love Roth solo. I love Hagar more than I like. Uh, Roth in Van Halen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be completely blessed from this right now. I don't really care for Van Halen in general. Oh. All right, both of you get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, You're I, all wrong. Yeah, I, I, no, I, And I'm not talking shit about them. I understand how incredibly talented and relevant they are. Yeah. I just don't care for the music. It's not my thing. That's no. it. Uh, well, I mean, they're, they're another band that all the early stuff was just... Yeah, 1984. Then, I mean, was uh, yeah, well, yeah. But, but to, to your point earlier about Jimi Hendrix, how he uh, taught himself to play guitar, Eddie Van Halen is self-taught too. Yes, he yeah. Didn't, that's why his fucking shit is so out there because yeah. he just like he just started plucking at it. Huh. So that's I, awesome. I heard early on back in the '80s that you know Alex actually started on guitar and Eddie started on drums. Oh, I didn't know they, that. They really? bought, they their parents bought them the other instruments and they switched. And they taught, <laughs> they taught themselves each of those instruments. You know what you, else? Oh. But you hear that so often from like artists who taught themselves how to play, and then they they emerge as some fucking amazing band. But they started in, in their they've grown. Yeah, they've grown is a prime uh, example of that. Yeah, um, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Another Ray Vaughan. great, great, great cover, which always blew my mind. I always thought uh, Susie and the Banshees did the original version of. The passenger, but it's actually Iggy Pop. Iggy. Yeah, yeah. Iggy in the studio. And then yeah. later on for the Batman Forever soundtrack, Michael H- Michael Hutchinson, rest in peace, From did a success. very haunting version. Oh, I've never heard the that passenger. One. Oh my oh, god, that version is amazing. Yeah. Well, and uh, Susan the Banshees also covered "Hey Prudence" by the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, see. Look, I, I, how I haven't. Hey, did. Elvis Costello do any covers? I was getting ready to ask the same thing. Actually, actually, he did. Funny you should ask, because Elvis Costello covered "What's So Funny" by P- but about peace, love, and understanding, originally see? by Nick Lowe. Yeah, That's see? true, and it's kind yeah. of one of his most popular songs. Yeah, yeah. But it's a beautiful song. And in the movie Singles, they mix Public Enemy and Elvis Costello and "What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding." Have you ever seen that movie? No, they they, they mixed it. Did you really just ask me if yeah. I've ever seen that movie? <laughs> You'd be surprised the amount of people who have not seen that movie. I think I have like the whole script memorized. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, oh, oh you see? would love it. See? You would I'm love a, it. I'm going to watch it tonight. Though. You should. Because- I moved to Seattle two, two years after that movie came out. You would really, because the soundtrack is fantastic. It's all grunge. Like it, yeah. black when grunge. Well, beca- a- before like it began. Nirvana was actually offered to be in that, mo- in that soundtrack and they said no. Really, and yeah. it has members of Pearl Jam in the, in movie. the movie and Soundgarden. Um, Soundgarden and Allison Chains is uh, also performing. Mother Love Bone and Tad, they're all yep. members of those. No bands. shit. Okay. And, and Jimi Hendrix is frequent is uh, on the soundtrack. Oh, well, Tim Burton makes a cameo. He is, he's from Seattle. I did not know Tim Burton was in mm-hmm. Bongo Bongo either. Oh, I did not know that. No, I'm sorry. No, that's. Danny Elfman. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, Danny Elfman did a bunch of music for. Yeah. He pretty much does all the music yeah. for Tim Burton films. Yeah, yeah. So I can see where you would. Yeah, sorry, I got that confused, but yeah. 
All right. Any more oh, honorable yes. mentions? The white line cover of this mm. was awesome. I'm sorry. Is, is that is that your? Oh, uh, yeah. Golden earring is awesome. So but- I guess we're on Ernest's pick. <laughs> <laughs> is that- the last two are my pick. Local band. I played originals. Local band here in uh, Charlotte, uh, Belmont Playboys, used to do a live version of this. It was fantastic. Cool. They don't really play around anymore. They were they were pretty incredible back in the day. All right, I think that's a wrap for this yeah. episode. We we good with that. Yeah. All right, great. Stick a fork in it. We done. We are done. All right. Well, again, guys, we have a lot of interesting episodes coming about, um, coming up about some of music's most interesting topics. But what we really want to do is hear from you and what and what episodes you want to hear from us. If you have an idea for anything that you think um, we should talk about, please email us at mbibespodcast at gmail.com. Again, this episode was produced by B, uh, BWM Productions and researched by Eric, Amanda, and Javier. If you like our podcast, please help us by rating and reviewing us on your favorite listening platform. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Imbibes Podcast and join the conversation. Yeah. 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 All right. And a quick shout out to our intern, Kristen, oh, for yes. being Thank here. Thank you, Kristen. Sorry, I was, uh, yeah, we have to add that to that little. You are our, so uh, awesome. Our Thank official, you so much. Our official episode photographer. And, and also, beer runner. And beer runner. Whiskey, ice checker. Whiskey runner. <laughs> whiskey runner. And um, make sure you check up. I think we're gonna, we decided every Wednesday we are going to release the full playlist from our Monday podcast release. So you will be able to hear all the tracks that we talked about in the episode and bonus tracks without us running our mouths over the top of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be pretty much curated and inspired by what, what we've been talking about. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, an episode again every week. So I'll see you guys next week. Adios. Bye-bye. Huge shout out to our gracious host, Tommy's Pub. Located at 3124 East Wade Drive, Tommy's Pub is a small neighborhood bar that's big on music and community. Go to Tommy's Pub's Facebook page where they regularly provide updates about upcoming events to include weekly open mic night, karaoke, and live music from some of the best up-and-coming bands in the Queen City. Thank you, Tommy's Pub, for hosting M-Vibes Podcast.